Welcome to the Daily Degenerate, the ultimate sports and entertainment podcast for your busy life. My name is Cohen Hughes, co-host and producer, and I'm joined by Los Angeles' very own Maddie Goldberg. We appreciate you listening and hope you enjoy this episode. Degenerate Podcast number 16, baby. And this is a special one because I'm Matt Goldberg in Los Angeles. But more important, it's D-Day for my partner. I'll let him introduce himself. It's a big day for you. Something's going on today. I don't know what it is, but you tell me. Matty Goldberg, my name is Cohen Hughes. I am the Michael Rappaport of the South. I am the professional devil's advocate. Sometimes they call me Podcast Poppy. Um, today is a huge day for me and my fellow Atlanteans. Anyone, yes. of the, anyone who is a fan of the football club, the Atlanta Falcons, today is opening day, not only just for us, but for the whole NFL season. We do get a good preference for today, though, because we are playing the defending Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles, who knocked us out of the divisional round last year. Who? The Falcons the uh, I think the Eagles' toughest game was against the Falcons. It was. Granted, the Patriots put up a lot of points, but really, you're one catch away, one Julio Jones catch away from moving on to the next round when you didn't play your best football. Well, 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 well and that's what's most frustrating is, yeah, we didn't play our best football, but Philadelphia played a fucking horrible game last that year. Was one of the, that was a very sloppy, ugly Dude, playoff they t- game. They turned, they turned it over three times. Probably should have been five. If they yeah. would have jumped on on that last fumble in the second half, and if they wouldn't have, um, if Keanu Neal wouldn't have let the interception help, hit off his knee and then go to Jordan Matthews or whoever called it, yeah, going um, into the half. Uh, so, I mean, for you, you got your Vic Beasley jersey on. You I said do. you got some stakes. Mm-hmm. You're ready to go. I'm gonna uh, leave Skype on. I want to see you watch a game. I've never really seen it. You don't have to like just pretend I'm not watching. I just want to. I love feeling the energy of fucking psychos and uh we start the nfl today this is crazy i like the it's the longest off season it seems like it goes forever and then for me the season goes really freaking fast um did you place any bets this weekend uh yeah well i'm gonna play some bets today and like you asked me what i was doing today and like i used to have nightmares because i'm a degenerate that the football season started and like, oh my god, I didn't put my fantasy lineup. Oh my god, I have no fantasy teams. Like, I have so many survivor pools. I got so many. I'm in so many pickums. Like, I just don't want to forget. So I'm like trying to be like, did I do this? Did I do that? Did I do this? I don't want to forget any of them. So that's what I was doing this morning. It's it's kind of a nightmare that like, oh my god, the season started. I forgot to do this shit. Do you have any Falcons or any Eagles playing in either of your fantasy teams? I have two fantasy teams, no Falcons, no Eagles. I uh, one of my confidence pools. Uh, this game is a very, very close game. So uh, I got bad news for you, Cohen. I got terrible freaking news for you. What, that you're picking the Eagles? No. Oh. I'm picking the Falcons. Ooh. They, they know me as a mush. The reason why I think the Falcons match up so well against the Eagles mm-hmm. They're pissed that they lost by one play last year. And the Super Bowl hangover is real. The Patriots sucked last year in week one. 
Yeah. There's so much pageantry. There's so much like craziness that all the Falcons have to do is focus on football today. The Eagles are focusing on all the bullshit. I would agree. Um, being the defending bowl champions, you have a huge target on your back. You have guys who would, would love to give you their best shot on your worst day. And the fact that, like you said, they've been dealing with all the bullshit. Um, they ha- they've had a lot of storylines this summer. As to where the Falcons have had one big one, but other than that, we've had a pretty vanilla offseason. Yeah. Um, and even even the one headline that the Falcons did have, the Julio Jones thing, was never a story. I, I, I called that multiple times. Um, but it's it always it's it's kind of like a presidential race. The incumbent always has a harder time, especially if the country's going through a bad time because any change is good to people, you know? So I think you're getting a little too deep here. Nah, nah, but. nah. I feel like the Falcons have more to gain and less to lose by winning this game, and I think they do. I think they win by ten points. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it's a. So five, are you saying that the game, Eagles but... are going to be flat? The Eagles are going to have kind of a Super Bowl flat hangover. Um, the Falcons came out and did that largely because we had a new offensive coordinator, not because of our attitude or the way we played. Our defense played better. But I'm asking me. you about the Eagles. Um, I don't think the Eagles. Um are going to have necessarily a hangover. I don't think they'll play the level that they did last year. No, Uh, it's almost hard to the Eagles had a great year last year. They still have a very talented team, but a lot of guys are out for them. Um, Wentz is out. I know Jeffrey's out. I'm pretty sure Jay Ajayi is a game time decision leaning to where he will not play. Um, I could be wrong on that. He could, he could suit it up tonight, but I feel like the Falcons now, definitely have less to lose, more to gain. So I, I'm feeling a Falcons. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it's a, it's an easy situation for the Falcons in the sense of, you know, we're just coming here to play football. Like the Eagles got to deal with all the interviews, all the pageantry, all the shit before the game, you know. And it's like the the Falcons are coming in hungry. When you win the Super Bowl and you've you've like ended a drought because. I mean, the Eagles were always known as like a snake-bitten team that was never going to win with this yep. disgruntled, angry fan base. They won. There's happiness. It's like, how do you get up to fucking keep going? Where the Falcons are like, we lost a tough game last year. We sucked on offense. We have a lot more to prove. So i just been thinking about it. I've been flip-flopping, and I'm like, how can you take the – you know, how can you not take the Eagles when they're basically a dog at home? Yeah. But – I think the bookmakers are right on this. The Falcons will win tonight. Um, and sorry to tell you that because some people think I'm a mush. Yeah, so um, I was actually wrong. I guess um, JGI had a good week because I know on Monday um, he was questionable for the game. But he's, yeah. he's not even carrying an injury designation for this game. See, he's 100% will be suited up, no problem. Um, yeah, they have a good running back. They got Clement. They got uh, Ajay. I know uh, uh, Blount went to Detroit. Well, they have a good little committee. Sproles yeah. is back. I mean, they'll be fine. I mean, I, I just think the Falcons match up well with them. They 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 play them hard, and I think they're gonna they're gonna have a good game. I, I I'm gonna see it maybe twenty four twenty Falcons. Um, I would say more along the lines of twenty seven seventeen. Well, you're pretty I, darn biased. I do. I yeah, I am. So I I can't be mad that you even say that. But, Maddie, I actually have two teams. Um, well, I really have three teams, but two that are serious. Um, yeah. I have on my first team, that is our league, our uh-huh. degenerate league. I actually have Jay Ajayi 
playing tonight. I, I just yeah. moved him into my starting lineup because he is not hurt anymore. And, How do you deal with that if he has a big game? Are you going to um, freak out? No, because because in the NFL nowadays, the way defenses are set up, a good yeah. game by a running back doesn't necessarily guarantee your team a win anymore. Sure. Like, it, like, it, like it used to be that way, but now, eh, not really. And um, in my other league, I actually have um, Devontae Freeman for the Falcons. I'm really excited about him. Yeah, I mean, he looks great, and uh, I think, you know, they've been using Tevin Coleman, too. It's kind of like a, a hard thing to draft because you're like, you know Coleman's going to get a lot of touches, and then you don't know who's going to get the ball around the end zone. But Freeman catches passes, but, though. Coleman, Coleman can run the ball way better than Freeman can, but uh, Freeman, like, whenever he gets in space, throw the ball to him, he is so small, he can move, boy. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I like I like Dante Free or Devontae Freeman a lot. Mm-hmm. I think he's a really good football player. I hope he gets more of the touches. And uh I'm just so excited. I mean, it's uh three o'clock your time, so literally five hours. We got fucking NFL football and then like after that you get football almost every day. Yep. Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, what else? Thursday, Sunday, Monday, even Wednesday, Tuesday. even Wednesday for some action, you know, like action. Yeah, I mean, it it gets pretty crazy now. Um, speaking of a little bit of college football, let's shift over to that a little bit. Go ahead and get that out of the way. Um, I know tonight there's there's not much good games. I I know Kennesaw State plays, but they're playing somebody who's small. Um, oh, brother, you're gonna talk about shitty college football on Thursday night. Yeah, but yeah, but there's real football on tonight, so we can yeah. look past that. Um, sure. Tomorrow we actually have a pretty good little game, though. TCU, who's ranked 16, is actually at SMU. SMU um, has fallen off in the past five, I guess, ten years from what they used to be, but uh, SMU's kind of on the up again. TCU, I'm excited to see what we'll see from them. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what they got because they're playing that big Ohio State game um, next week, and we'll see, like... You know, if they're pretty good, they have a chance to win because, you know, no Urban Meyer. And that should be interesting. Should be very, very interesting. Why not watch that on a Friday night? I got nothing to do Friday. I'll probably watch that game. And we'll see how good TCU is and whether they're really up to being like a real, you know, playoff contender to make it to the top four. I mean, they've been pretty close the last few years. Well, and I and, think- and, and, and what's intriguing to me, just um, I don't necessarily – Love SMU. I mean, yeah, they're kind of on the up and up. They're a good little young team to start watching. But um, the point spread is kind of high to me at um, yeah. TCU minus 22 and a half. I would say that um, because TCU plays Ohio State next week, right? Yeah. Um, so they're going to want to rest some guys in the third and fourth quarter, especially if they're up big. Well, you got to win the game. you got to win the game. Uh, I think I think TCU likes running up the score, too. They're one of those offenses yeah, they, that they, like, are, they, are, they but, pour it on. Um, Whenever you, whenever you become in the ranked in the top twenty, and yep. you've been up there for a few years now, um, that kind of pedigree kind of takes hold. And I could see, um, God, what's that coach's name? Um, I would know it on any like any other day. Uh, the TCU guy, I, I forget. It used to be Gary Patterson, but but who did it change to? He wears a visor. I know yeah, that. Yeah, um, but he's one I, of those dudes with the visor. This is one of those wacky Friday night games. I can see. Um, I'm not gonna say it's gonna be a close game, but I I, I could see uh, SMU hanging around by 17 points at the end here. I'm gonna say it's a blowout. Okay. Um, it, I get good? fooled on the, those 17 point spreads. I get fooled on. 
Because you're you, you talk yourself into the dog, and then it's like forty well, the, to nothing. Well, well, the spread is twenty two and a half. I could see it being a seventeen point game. You know, like you kind of kind of yeah. give yourself that buffer zone. But um, besides that, number five, Wisconsin is at um, or is playing at home against New Mexico. Whatever the spread is on that game, bet the over. Yeah, Wisconsin's the, like ranked number over. four. I mean, right. they, they're ranked higher than Ohio State, which is. Which is really interesting, and and I think that that the voters got that one wrong. Let's not get it let's not get it twisted. Um, yeah, Ohio State's the, the better only, team. The only reason that they that the votes did sway that way though is because Ohio State allowed thirty three points. It was seventy seven to like thirty three or seventy two to thirty three or whatever. Yeah, so and that's, that's a lot of points on time. defense. But I mean, I, I I completely agree with you that 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 means nothing to me when when you've already scored seventy points. The only other game that's really intriguing this week is uh, that, and it's a pretty awful week of college football to be honest. No, no, this, a this lot sucks. Of, a lot of cupcake games, which I hate. I really want to get rid of the cupcake games, but I guess we can say Georgia South Carolina is a good matchup. Uh, I forget what the name of the South Carolina coach was. He didn't do much in much Florida. Sure. He's done a great job there. He's really uh, kept them competitive, kept them in the top twenty-five. Yep. They're ranked twenty-four. They won't beat Georgia, but I think they'll, you know, play them tough, hang in there for three quarters. I think um, Georgia will probably cover. I think it's seven and a half or ten, you, maybe. You share the same sentiment that all the guys on Atlanta Sports Talk Radio that even are rooting for Georgia are saying. Yeah, um, yeah, the Muschamp has done a great job. Yeah, yeah. Everyone thinks that nah, Georgia's not going to blow out South Carolina. Like it, no. it may seem that way, but. No, like South Carolina is always a good hitting team. Um, South Carolina is always one of the top five teams in the nation in terms of special teams. So that just gives them a good shot to win no matter who you're playing. Yeah. Your special teams are that good. Um, I don't think South Carolina touches the spread, but I, I do think it's an entertaining game. I think it's going to be a very good, entertaining, fun game. I think South Carolina will give them a good punch in the mouth in the first quarter before kind of bowing down and, I guess, being dominated. But I think they're going to play a really tough up front like you're gonna be like wow this might be a game um there's a few there's a like a handful of decent little games not good games but decent uh boise state is playing at home against uconn um terrible usc at stanford maybe the other ranked game game. yeah that's a good game i think stanford's overrated uh they're gonna get crushed okay um you also got penn state at pittsburgh penn state might lose this game because of how bad they looked last week um yeah, Kentucky, that's that's Kentucky like it puts a whole new twist to it. I mean, they didn't look good at all. Maybe it's just an anomaly, but they did not look good. Yeah. So when do you want to go to the NFL? I want to go. I want to run through a lot of these games. Um, well, the last two games that are good, I think, or any sort of good, is um, I guess Clemson at Texas A and M. I don't think Clemson loses this game. I think Texas A&M has had a real... That's a solid game. That's a very solid game. It is. It is. Texas A&M has had a very, very, very bad offseason. From what I, all the clips that I've seen of uh, Jim yeah. Fisher having to raise his voice at practice and the way that he's getting on these guys makes it seem like they did not have a good offseason at all, a good training camp. Well, you know, for Jumbo Fisher, it's like he's going to get a year or two to gut that. You know, sometimes to make a program good, you got to gut it. Like you gotta like start from scratch, let it die, have a bad year, and then build it back up. Yeah. So I see it kind of one of those years where it's like, yeah, they go six and five or something, maybe even five and six, but you're gutting the program and you're starting over. Um. So what are your thoughts on number four Ohio State at Rutgers? Or no? Well, it's gonna be a blowout. I think Rutgers will score some points. Like, uh, 
Oregon State, State did, did last week. Yeah. But it's going to be 60 to 20. You know, it's going to be a blowout. I don't, I don't think it'll be that far. I think Rutgers will probably hang with him for a little bit. At least in, in I, I, Rutgers never does. I watch, I always am like, this is the day that Rutgers turns it around as this big game upset, and then they're just fucking blown the fuck out. I know out, what you but, mean. I, I, I know what you mean. I could see Rutgers being that. They they tease you. Don't let them tease you. Do not let them tease you. I'm easily teased. So, Matty, I know you are. We are going to move on to the NFL. Um, Tonight, you've already given us your 2024 Falcons victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm Um, riding the Falcons, which might be bad news for you. Do not blame me if they lose. But I just been I've been flip flopping all morning, and that's how tough this game is. It's a it's a coin flip. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go with Phillies on a Super Bowl hangover. I'm going to go with the Falcons. All I have to do is focus on football, and it's going to be, I believe, the second year in a row that – I think it's the second year in a row that the, uh, the defending Super Bowl team is going to lose. Um, our next game is on Sunday starting out at the 1 p.m. time slot. Tampa Bay Bucks but, at New Orleans Saints. New okay, Orleans so is a nine-and-a-half point favorite. Yeah, so this is a game that is my uh, – on all my survival, I'm in like three survival leagues. This is the game I picked New Orleans without the spread. This is the game I've – I've New Orleans is my survival team this week. As far as the spread, it's so high. Um, I, I I actually bet on this game with a parlay. I took yeah. the spread. I and, and, and this game does scare me because Fitzpatrick – I like Fitzpatrick. Yeah, he's um, better than Winston. Like he makes no, the team not. better than Winston. No, he's not. But, but I Winston is terrible. The, the way you phrased that may not be wrong. The way he gives he Ryan Fitzpatrick always gives you a good shot to win. Look, by the way, look, he doesn't Winston, turn the ball over in fumbles. Winston has a Winston has a higher upside, but he hasn't done shit. So as far as the team, like if I'm if I need one guy to win a game right now for the Buccaneers, Fitzpatrick gives me a better chance. But obviously, Winston has a higher upside. He's just been a complete buffoon. He has. Um, I actually took the Saints minus two. I like the over on a parlay. I I don't like the over. I think um, really. I think the Saints' first game. Um, they're always known to, you know, kind of play up and down to the level of, of their opponents. I think that um, Drew Brees may not get it going until the second half. I think that um, Kamara and Ingram will hit a, a slide from last year. Um, this is, I, we I, totally I, I disagree on, on this game. I, I bet on the Saints. Don't get me wrong. Um, this, this game does scare me. Disagree. I think Saints win 37-27, something like that. The spread is a little too high for me to take, but I love the over. I might do a little Saints money line and over. This The Saints is my one team without the spread. If you're doing uh, survival, take the Saints this week. That's my team. All right. Um, what about 49ers at Vikings? Minnesota's six-and-a-half-point favorites. See, you don't know, like, Jimmy G played great last year, but not against a lot of great teams and not wouldn't really matter. Game. I wouldn't touch that game. It's, Both it's a very hard game to touch. I wouldn't touch it. I'm going to still go with the Vikings minus six-and-a-half. Um, I think they're my Super Bowl pick in the NFC. So I think they win 27-10, Um, I guess I would agree if you put a gun to my head. Vikings. Um, Bills at Ravens. Baltimore seven-and-a-half point favorites. I actually um, took Baltimore with the seven-and-a-half. 
I'm going to take the Bills. The spread's way too high. But it's Peterman, though. Peterman's good. He, he may throw five picks in the first half again. We'll see. I, I think it'll be better than last year. I just think it's going to be a, a, a very sloppy game. I see this 16-10 Baltimore. Um, what about Jags at Giants? Jacksonville is three-point favorites. I'm going to take the Jags. They're my uh, my Super Bowl pick. I'm, I'm, this is my Super Bowl prediction. Matty Goldberg laying on the line. Vikings versus Jaguars. America's going to be pissed. I'm glad we don't agree on this. So I'm going to take the Jags. I think they're going to have a good start. I think the Giants will play well and then kind of die in the second half. Uh, I think the Jags are for real. I really believe they're a Super Bowl contender. Probably the best team in the AFC. I'm taking the Jags. I think they win 30 to 14, 30 to 17. Okay. Um, what about Texans at Patriots? New England's six and a half point favorites. I think the Texans are going to give them every goddamn thing, throw the kitchen sink at them. Me too. This game is 33-30. I was about I to say, I agree, I agree 100% with you. I, I wouldn't touch it with money, but I, I agree with you from a fan perspective. It's going to be a very high-scoring game. Take the over. Very and take the over, and I'm going to say the Patriots win 33-30, Texans cover. I, I, I agree with you 100%. Wouldn't be surprised if the Texans take. win. Would not be surprised. Me, me neither. Me neither at all. Good take. Um, what about Titans at Dolphins? Tennessee is one this and a half a, point. This is two of the teams that I don't really care for, but I will guess I will take the Titans minus one and a half. I think Derrick Henry, he's my boy. He's in both of my fantasy teams. He's going to have a big game. Deion Lewis is going to be really good. I'm not the greatest Mariota fan, but I think the Titans are good enough to beat the Dolphins. Though I, I'm not a Tannehill fan at all. I think, and losing, uh, Land, losing Landry is huge. I think Tennessee is a really good team. I think they're a way better team than the Dolphins are up and down. I think the Dolphins aren't a bad team. They're a mediocre team, but um, Tennessee is really good. I think that um, if Jacksonville doesn't win that division, I think Tennessee might. All right. Um, Bengals at Colts. Indy is a three-point favorite. I don't necessarily agree. Even with Love back is, out there. I, I had I, a I guy tell me, he goes, right he goes, take the Bengals. It's yep. a lock. Uh, I like that. I think that uh, Andy Dalton is going to have a good season. He's going to start out good. I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Bengals, one of my one of my uh, big money line picks. Take the Bengals in this game. You know, one hit and luck is done. He hasn't I'm played saying, in a year and a half. We don't know what the Colts are. They have a new coach. I like Frank Reich, but I think the Bengals have experience. They're gonna win. Uh, your wide the Colts wide receiver number two is a guy from Tulane University. That offense is gonna be anemic this year. Don't take the Colts. Please. Did Burt, by the way, did Burt Reynolds die? I don't know. Did he? That's bad news if so. Let me take a look. Sorry. You're did, good. Uh, um, keep, keep going. Okay. What about the last 1 p.m. game? Steelers at Browns. Pittsburgh is only a four-point favorite. I'll take Pittsburgh on this one. <laughs> See, people are getting fooled them. because they watch Hard Knocks. And they're yeah, like, look too. at Landry and look at Taylor. And then they're like, no Le'Veon Bell. Steelers are still going to win. The Browns are still going to be the Browns. Don't be fooled on this one. They want everybody to take Cleveland, get all excited. Pittsburgh's going to win 30-14, to 30-17. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, I agree with Maddie on that take, but we actually have a bit of serious news. Burt Reynolds has been pronounced 82. dead at 82. Um, Legend. 
he was in Smokey and the Bandit, Deliverance, Boogie Nights, all kind of great movies that we My know. My favorite love. movie was he was in was Boogie Nights by far. I love, I love, I Boogie, love Nights. Boogie Nights. Second favorite movie of all time. Rest in peace, Bert. Big football fan. The longest yard. Don't don't watch the Adam Sandler version. Watch the Burt Reynolds. He was once the studliest studly man of the world that every woman wanted to bang with his hot, sexy mustache. Rest in peace, you hot, sexy man, Burt Reynolds. And he was actually in both uh, Longest Yards, correct? Yeah, I'm sure he did a, uh, uh, an appearance. That's like kind of what uh, Adam Sandler does. Like, it'll be funny to have you on. But yeah. I didn't know he was 82, man. Me neither. I, I, I assumed he was in like his 60s or 70s. You never know sometimes. Yeah. But he looked good. I mean, Boogie Nights was done, I think, 96, 95. So he was 60 years old. He looked great. Life is precious, bro. R.I.P. Burt Reynolds. Um, moving on to some more football. The first 4 o'clock game, Chiefs at Chargers. The Chargers and are actually a three-point favorite. I don't take I the touch Chargers. That I wouldn't touch game. that game though, dude. So I'm I'm high on the Chargers. Like I'm really high on the Chargers to have a really great 10-11 uh, win season. And I think the Chiefs are going to take a step back. I don't know. Like I think Mahomes is going to have a lot of growing pains. I'm taking the Chargers big in this. I think they win easily, 30 to 10, 30 to 13. Um. I agree with that, um, except for the whole Chargers being good thing, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, Chargers have got so many guys um, hurt. It's um, Look out for the Chargers. That's all I, I, I mean, say. I mean, they, 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 still, they still probably win this game, and I agree. Um, but the Chiefs are one of those wild card teams that I agree with you that you said Mahomes is going to have some growing pains, just like um, Trubisky did. Mm-hmm. So I don't touch this game at all. These two teams are wild cards to me. The next game is Redskins at Cardinals. The Cardinals are a one-and-a-half-point favorite, which is, uh, I, w- I would say, kind of weird. These are two teams that I think are not very good. These are two 5-11, and 6-10 and 10 teams, so it's hard to pick. But I guess I'm going to go with the home team. I will go with the Cardinals, but this is one of those games that's like, oh, like both of these teams are not going to be very good this year. Like you have nothing else to go on, so you might as well just pick the fucking home team. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. I mean, I can't really read either one of these teams. I hate Jay Gruden's coaching. Take the, take the under, too. It's at 44 right now. Take the under. Yeah. That game, and, I, you know, Sam Bradford scoring. is so fragile. It just might be a brutal game to watch. But I think the Cardinals at home, you know, you got to take the home team on, on week one. I hope the Cardinals prove me wrong because I kind of do like the Cardinals. Um, ever since Bruce Arians left, they've been a shit sandwich. I love Bruce Arians. Um, one of yeah, the, Bruce Arians is great. I think a good parlay. I think a great parlay. Take the Chargers, take the Cardinals, and then take. Hmm, just well, go with those two teams. Well, I took the Cardinals in this one uh, parlay, but I'm not like super excited about it. I think the Redskins no, definitely be. took three steps back last year. I think the Redskins are way yeah. worse, and like you said, um, always take the home guy. So. Sure. Let's ride that. Um, the next game is going to be Seahawks at Broncos. Yeah, Denver, I can't get a read on this. Denver's the a Bron- three-point favorite. I still think they – I'm taking Denver. Seahawks are going to suck, dude. They're all you know, the, Bron- they, the Broncos always play well the first few weeks. It's like they always look great the first few weeks and they die. Yep. So I'm going to – they're going to stick to that. They will win this game. The Seahawks are, are not the Seattle Seahawks. 
There's no more Legion of Boom. There's not. It's been all decimated. They're kind of a mess on defense now. I'm going to go with the Broncos minus three. I might do a $20 parlay. Chargers minus three. Broncos minus three. And Cardinals minus one. Um, Just take three home teams. Yeah. Um, the next game after the Broncos-Seahawks game is going to be Cowboys at Panthers, which is going to be the last 4 p.m. game, which is going to be a pretty good little game if you ask me. Like a, it's going to be a great game, of, yeah. Of, of mediocre teams. I love seeing mediocre teams play football because they're so evenly matched. See, the um, thing about that game is the way I look at the Panthers is like what Cam Newton shows up. You never know. When you bet on the Panthers, you're in trouble because you can bet them against the Bucks. And if the bad Cam Newton shows up, you are fucked. Yep. They will lose that game. So you don't know what Cam Newton's going to show up. It's really hard to predict. Um, Carolina's a three-point favorite. Um, take the Cowboys here. Wow. I'm going to go with Carolina, but I, I'm, I wouldn't touch that game just because I I've, I've, have no faith in Cam Newton. Maddie, like I've right. bet on him, I've right. bet on him too much to see him overthrow guys. You know, like one one game last year, I bet him against the Bills, and it was like a three and a half spread, and it was just so frustrating. He's just like they're dominating the game, but Cam just keeps doing stupid shit, and you're like, he's just missing wide open guys, and it's just so fr- he's just frustrating. Because he could our, be so uh, good. Our last three games are the the Monday the Sunday night game, Bears at yes. Packers. Green Bay is a seven and a half point favorite. Take the Bears That's right here. Be, I don't. I, don't I think, say Bears big time. I don't. I don't. I don't think the. I think the Packers win, but I don't think they cover seven and a half. I'm. I'm gonna say the Bears are gonna win this game. I'm going with the Bears. I think the Packers just because Rodgers is back. I hate their coach. I think he's one of the worst coaches in the game. McCarthy. You don't know what Rodgers gonna be. He hasn't yep. played in a while. The Bears seem really hungry. They're gonna come in all fired up. I think the Bears definitely cover. Might win. Okay, um, the first Monday game, we have a doubleheader on Monday. Pretty shitty Monday night, actually. Um, the 7-10 game, Jets at Lions. Detroit is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, it's amazing I, that Detroit, Detroit could be a, De- a, such a bad team. Detroit always plays favorite. good, like you said. Um, for the, Early. Uh, yeah, they, they always look good early. Nobody's hurt yet. Um, yeah. Look for them to score a lot of points and take the over. Even if the Jets don't score that many, Detroit will score 30, 35 points. I think Detroit wins 30-20. Okay. Um, but it's a tough game because I don't think Detroit's very good. It's amazing. It is the only time of year they'll probably be favored by seven points. Yeah. Um, and then the, the, the next game, the last Monday game, 10-20 p.m., Rams at Raiders, the battle for L.A. The Rams are four-point favorites. Um, I say, yeah, the Raiders suck, dude. I hate the Raiders. Fuck them. Yeah, I think I think people think like, well, John Gruden comes back, they're automatically just going to be like world beaters. I mean, losing Khalil Mack is a big psychological loss. Um, the Rams were really great last year. I think they continue to be really good. I think the Rams win here in a sloppy game. I th- I would take the under. I think the Raiders are going to have a lot of hard time scoring. They were really out of sync last year. I don't think they'll be in sync this year. I'm not a big uh, Mari Cooper fan as like a guy that's going to be that big time number one. Rams win 20 to 10, 23 10. Okay. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, Maddie and I have ran through our picks for the NFL week number one, the opening week. Um, 
I actually have to go work a shift at the valet. There was another valet that had a We're going to do about we're, we're going to do like 20 20 minutes we're recording now. Game. Yeah, so I can get Cohen's what you know, you're going to give your heartfelt whatever the fuck you feel because you might be either on cloud 9 or, or you might be fucking want to kill somebody. Yep. But um, we'll I'll Skype you during the game because I want to see you go crazy. Yep. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Cohen Hughes. The episode is not over, but we will see you guys in a couple of hours. Go we'll be Falcons. back, brothers. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Cohen Hughes back with Matty Goldberg um, reporting to you live about 20, 30 minutes after the Atlanta Falcons have lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. And I don't know if embarrassing is the word because I'm definitely not embarrassed to be a Falcons fan. I'm embarrassed the way we lost that game. Um, having completely outplayed the Eagles. But um, the NFL is a long season. Um, that's the defending Super Bowl champions. I'm disappointed, not really angry because I know why we lost. So, Maddie, what are your thoughts? Um, geez, Louise, man. First of all, it was an ugly first half. Very sloppy, both teams. Falcons, you got to just, if you're a fan, you got to be kicking yourself. There's one thing to be a bad team and to be outplayed and to know like the other team was better. This is where you outplayed the Eagles. You basically gave up potentially 14 points in the red zone, minimum six points in the red zone, which you lost by six, and just sloppy, bad play calling, not taking you know care of the ball, not taking advantage of turnovers, just not – it's just like you just felt like the Eagles were going to figure out how to win this game. Like the Eagles could play as bad as they wanted to, but at the end they were going to figure out that they were going to win this game. And ultimately they did. And, you know, we're talking with a bunch of people and there's this debate because, the, you know, the Falcons on paper have this explosive offense. They're not scoring points. Um, before we get into the Steve Sarkeesian run him out of town train. Um, yeah. I just want every fan who watched the game tonight to think about this. Um, I have a very easy formula that I could have won this game tonight if I was the coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I don't hate Dan Quinn. I think Dan Quinn is the worst in-game coach in the NFL. Not saying sure. I hate him. Um, he yeah. absolutely has zero awareness. Um, so they lost the game by six, right? Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and wipe one mistake off the board. Let's say Matt Bryan doesn't miss that extra point. So, yeah, five-point defeat right there. Let's say on the first drive of the game, instead of running Devontae Freeman four, uh, four straight times, you kick one field goal. It's now a two-point game. Well, well let's say now you give Leo Jones a chance to score. Yeah, but they, they didn't. So why go for it on fourth down? Why not just take the points that are that you knew that you knew absolutely 100% in your heart of hearts that was going to be at a premium tonight? Points, absolutely. Point, points were not going to be scored in excess. We knew that. Exactly. We said that. This was going to be an e- ugly game. Yeah. Um, the offense moved the chains. We're going to cash into the Steve Sarkeesian conversation. The offense moved the chains. So me and you definitely will disagree about well, my, um, Steve well, Sarkeesian's you're, you're, bad. But, but I will say that you are correct. The red zone problems are frustrating. But if Dan Quinn has enough awareness to kick field goals and play the game smart, we're not having this conversation right now. Well, my question to you is what good is moving the ball? Like you're like they're moving the ball so it's not Sarkeesian's fault. But when you get in the red zone and you you just like completely look like shit, 
what's the point of moving the ball if you don't do anything in the red zone? What's the point of moving the ball within the red zone? You just fall apart. Now, a good offensive coordinator, he he lifts the level up when you get in the red zone. Now, Grant and Matt Ryan looked lost today. Matt Ryan made a lot of mistakes. Matt Ryan took a lot of bad, terrible sacks. Except for that last uh, drive, Matt Ryan really did not look good at all. He didn't look good. He didn't even look good in the last drive. He took two really dumb sacks. He's lucky he got a lucky pass to Julio Jones on that third and 17 or fourth and 17. Third. Uh, so you're like, well, what's the difference? Well, what? why was the MVP two years ago? He lit it up and he was unstoppable and he became almost elite. And now why is he a mediocre quarterback? I mean, uh, can, I mean, can it be Steve Sarkeesian? It can be. Like, it, like, it, is it, there it, a 100% confusion? can be. I mean, you got to look like what's the huddle? What's the game calling? Like, is there confusion? Is there more confusion than there was two years ago? Did they have a better idea of what they wanted to do two years ago? That makes a giant impact. So, like, when we're sitting there going, is it Matt Ryan's fault or Sarkeesian's fault? And you guys are like, no, Matt Ryan's awful today. My thing is, okay, cut Matt Ryan and get a new quarterback in and keep Sarkeesian in. Mm. I mean, obviously, I'm saying that. Yeah, yeah, cheap. yeah, yeah. No, well, well, but, well but that's my point. Devil's advocate to, to, to try to prove a fallacy in our, in our logic. And, yeah, that particular one may work, but. Um, the offense for Atlanta scored 299 yards today. We put up 300 yards of offense. Um, our defense played it's really not very well. Good. I mean, 300 yards of offense in an NFL game should should get you a win when your defense played like we did. Look, your defense is fantastic, and it's like your defense is now getting tired. It, it, it's bizarre that two years ago the Falcons were this juggernaut on offense that was almost like running on this like. Patriots, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning type, you know, when he was on the Colts, just, you know, running through teams. And now they, they're a liability in offense where it's like, okay, the defense has to win games for them now. Like, how did this come? You got playmakers. You have tons of playmakers. Um, I agree with you. Um, the Falcons, even before Dan Quinn, even in the Mike Smith era, have always been a team that's been known to play up and down to the level of the game and the competition that they're playing. Um, but this is the worst you've seen them on on offense, and they they with Mike Smith they scored points. They did. Um, this is a more cohesive unit, or so it seems on on its good days. Um, yeah, but I mean, uh, obviously, their their defense, in my opinion, is championship caliber. They have a championship caliber defense because nowadays in the NFL, you don't need a dominant defense to win the Super Bowl. Championship caliber maybe maybe a little bit of a stretch. Um, we couldn't really yeah, stop the run tonight. You don't when it need you don't need the eighty five Bears to win the Super Bowl. You need a solid solid D, and and the Falcons have above. They're better than a solid D, in my opinion. So the offense has become a liability, and you're like, well, what the fuck? They got all these players. It's not like they're they're putting out fucking – it's not Jameis Winston. It's not, you know, Nathan Peterman on the Bills. I mean, you got Matt Ryan who won the MVP two years ago. You got Julio Jones, arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL, if not the best. So you got one of the you got an MVP quarterback from two years ago, and then you got the best wide receiver in the game, and you got a solid two solid running backs. You got a, a pretty decent secondary wide receiver, and uh, Sanu. What the fuck is going on? 
Um, tonight specifically, <laughs> the Falcons had 15 penalties for 135 yards. The Eagles had 11. Isn't saying much. This game was extremely poorly officiated. Um, whenever I mean, the, the rest... big play too was the the what the catch. Oh, was the, taken the away. Was, yeah, and believe me, I'm not even like that mad about that one. I mean, not but that's a out. that's a 10, 13 point swing. It was a, it that was a huge call. That was definitely it's a, a catch. ten point swing. And but but like I was blowing up our group, me like I was blowing up all my boys saying that was they will not rule out a catch. That may have been a catch in real life. If if, if they would have called it a catch on the field, the tape would have confirmed it. But because yeah. they called it not a catch on the field. The tape doesn't have that definitive evidence to overturn it. And yep. not saying it's right or it's wrong, but I just know that's how NFL referees think and that's how the ruling on the field is – or the secondary ruling on the field is made. Um, yeah, I, I, 10 nowadays, receptions for 169 yards. Like the offense moved the ball. The red zone was atrocious. Um, that Whenever we didn't score on that first drive, I knew something was wrong in the terms of just how this offensive game plan was going to go out. Falcons should have put up 40 points, or not 40, probably 28 points tonight. Um, they failed to do so. It was a good game, though. I mean, I'm not going to say they should have put up 28 points, but they should have won 20 to 17. I mean, they, they, when they get in the red zone, they do nothing. They go, it's like you're watching Matt Ryan take terrible sacks, you're watching a bad interception. You're just, it's like a frustrating, like, you're watching, you're just so frustrated if you're a Falcons fan. I mean, we're not even talking about the Eagles because the Eagles didn't that really game wasn't about much. the Eagles. No, the, uh, the no. Eagles, the, I will say I am impressed in the fact that the Eagles played resilient. Their offensive line dug in whenever it mattered. And um, as the game went on, their offensive line got better and our front got worse. Um, well, I mean, it, it, again, it's like, well, your defense is tired because your offense is doing nothing. So your your defense is great, and then in the fourth quarter they're gonna get tired. They're gonna they're gonna wear down. Injuries. First game of the year, it's hot, cramps. That was a terrible conditioned game too. On our hour rain delay in Philly in September, that sucks. It does, but it was a winnable game. It was a game oh, you guys oh, should have won. Should have won. Not even winnable. Like winnable sounds like ah, that one's up for up for grabs. You drop it. No. That game was firmly in our control. We definitely outplayed the Eagles. I'm not going to say we outplayed them by a lot, but we definitely outplayed them. We should have won that game by six, seven points. Agree. Totally agree. And, again, this now we have to take a look at, like, well, Dan Quinn is a good motivator, but does he figure out how to finish games? He doesn't finish games well. No, and this uh, has been something that I've said for um, the past two years. I love Dan Quinn. I'm glad he's our coach. I'm not saying fire Dan Quinn. That's not even close to what I'm saying. Um, I am disappointed in the fact that Greg Knapp, our new QB coach slash offensive quality control man, didn't step in and um, do a few things different. But what are you going to do? That's uh, football. The, it's hard the, to the, uh, do things on the side. Uh, I mean, we're at 17 games in the Steve Sarkeesian uh, era as the Falcons offensive coordinator. Now, he he did one game with with Alabama. They lost. He came to – he got kind of upgrade. I guess the NFL – maybe it's equal to a big job. Like Alabama offensive coordinator is probably equal to the Falcons offensive coordinator. But like he's, he's 17 games in and they – again, they've gone from a juggernaut to a team with all his talent. It's like, well, we got to win by – the defense has to carry us. Yeah, it's frustrating. Um 
I it's at at this point, um, it's hard for me as a Falcons fan, who's someone who watches these, watches these games closely, and who has seen progressions made over the season. Um, this is honestly the same game that I watched last year in the playoffs. Like, I'm not same mad score, at. Same score, Well, it's not the exact same score, but it's damn close. What is it? Two five points off? Yeah, literally, it's like two or four points off. But Sarkeesian, it's hard for me to be extremely mad at him because it's the same story with these games, and this is where me and you maybe not disagree, but you can see my point, I can see yours, so we just really don't match up with this. But the offense moves. And it's been these games that we have lost that have been so completely winnable. And you can see that it's execution, bad officiating, um, untimeliness, bad quarterback play. So it's hard for me to place the blame on Steve Sarkeesian other, other than a few spot plays here and there. And, of course, the red zone sucks. Of course, we know that. I, I know that. We don't want the red zone to be as bad as it is. But Dan Quinn really did not put his team in a position to win tonight. I'll hit the the the, the – the, Maybe except for Matt Ryan, Dan Quinn is who this loss falls on. Well, I mean, again, the Falcons were turning into an offensive juggernaut. They have the same players they did two years ago. Well, I just watched what the game tonight. The you know, like I, I'm, I'm just telling you what happened like tonight. Like I'm Anthony, not speculating. I'm, not, I'm not speculating over what's happened because I'm not in the locker room. I don't know. I'm telling you, I was, I was Anthony, asked to come, I was asked to come on here to give you a recap of my thoughts of the game. That's okay, what I'm, trying to do. I'm looking as an outsider. I don't know why you're you're keep protecting Sarkeesian. I don't even know why you're protecting Sarkeesian over Matt Ryan. And I know like Matt Ryan did not look good because, because I I watched the game tonight. Matt Ryan looked like shit, and the ball moved. Yeah, but you have to understand. It's like why does he look like shit? Why? Why is he in? Because he's one in five all time at the link. The link is just his kryptonite. He's from he's from Pennsylvania, but he just sucks the link. It's not a coincidence. So, you, so you're just times. saying. So last year when he underachieved the full season, did it have anything to do with playing in Philly? I mean, he got him to an NFC divisional game that he should have. Yeah, won. he did, but he underachieved. His numbers went completely down, and they're going down more this year. I mean, they put up 10 points tonight. 10 points. 12. 12 points. That's terrible. It's not good. Keep talking. I don't know. Um, I'm not protecting Sarkeesian because he's Sarkeesian. I'm protecting our offensive coordinator in the way that anyone else would protect their offensive coordinator. Because you've seen the fact that the ball has moved in these games. And yeah, the red zone performance isn't there. But we've also lost a few guys. Like Pat DeMarco, who's always been good for red zone spacing. Excellent. Um, we've lost a few linemen. We've um, Taylor Gabriel was always a screen guy. You, you know, like, yeah. if you if you want to sit here and, and – sorry if this offends you. But if you want to sit here and blame Steve Sarkeesian, that's fine on you. But but you're just looking at the paper stats. You're not, you didn't watch the game. And you I watched, watched the, the freaking game. I watched the I watched the game and I probably watched about six Falcons games last year and I've seen enough to know like whoa this team is offensively is going the wrong way like they're out of sync they're just always out of sync and you're like well what is the difference what is the variable and there's a difference there's a new offensive coordinator and there was a natural regression Shanahan's first year. But we're in, the we're, we're in the first game of the second year. 
Okay. I'm not so, going to mortgage my future over the first game against the defending Super Bowl champions in an away game on an hour rain delay in a game that we got called 15 penalties on. And there were some key drops by receivers early in the game. You guys got some calls towards the end, though. You guys got a few calls towards the end. Yeah, no, we did. There was a few PIs the, that um, the calls that went even out. Kinda. I mean, I think you guys would have won if that was a catch. The Julio Jones play. Mm-hmm. If it was a catch, it's a it's a ten point swing because minimum you guys get a field goal there, and then if Dan Quinn's dumbass decides to kick it. So then the Eagles come right back and score and put a touchdown. So it's like a 10-point swing. Nevertheless, it's a game where you're just like, what the fuck? We outplayed this team. We outplayed the Eagles, and we fucking lost. Yeah, I wasn't super displeased with the product on the field. Like, yeah, it was an ugly game, but football's an ugly sport. Like, you're going to have to yeah, win those it, games you, you can have ugly games. That's fine. I mean, the Patriots-Jaguars wasn't a pretty game last year to go to the Super Bowl. It was a great game, mm-hmm. but it was pretty. Um, and, and 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 this was a good game tonight. It was entertaining. Yeah. Um, as a Falcons fan, I hadn't hung myself yet. I probably won't. Um, game the NFL season is sixteen games long. Um, yeah, we play in the toughest division in the NFL. Um, but tonight we we showed we we can grind it out and we gave ourselves a shot at the end. We gave ourselves a better shot at the end of this game than we did the playoff game last year. I'll Who do you that, play week two? I don't even know. Hopefully it's, hopefully it's the Helen Keller school for the blind and deaf because we're gonna need the easy one. Maybe you can play Tulane. I don't know if we. I don't even know if we beat them at this point. We we can't stop the run. Tulane is a triple option team. We'd probably let them fucking run all over us. I mean, Philly had to run a stupid fucking quarterback play again. The Philly special. The Philly special again to win this game. Unbelievable. I mean, they had to pull everything out of their ass because they weren't the better team. I mean, you're tough on Doug Peterson, but the guy, you know, he's coaching his ass off. You guys have a tough game in your home versus the Falcons, which is tough. I mean, the Panthers, my bad. Not not an easy game. Uh, Not at all. Um, But this is why we love football season. These games are tough. I mean, the just, Saints went oh, the Saints went zero and two last year. They looked awful. It could have been zero and three, but yeah, I, I, yeah. I do understand. They looked awful. So I'm like, wow, this is a three and thirteen team. You know, they they could have won. They could have made it to the Super Bowl. Should have really. So you can turn it around for sure. You can go zero and two and turn it around. But as a a football fan that wants to believe in the Falcons. I need to see their offense come back to where it was two years ago. Um, like my, my closing remark is um, Steve Sarkeesian has very little rhyme or reason to why he calls what plays in situations. Yeah. Um, so sometimes, now you're doing sometimes, a hard time. Well, no, I'm not. Sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. It's a good thing in the fact that sometimes NFL defenses don't know what to expect and sometimes his wacky plays work. It's a bad thing in the fact that whenever an offense has a rough time of getting in rhythm, like a grimy game that we had to grind out today and still ultimately lost despite getting 300 yards of offense and whatever, it's it, it it's tough to not have a, a system in place that's easy to follow and easy to get along with. The last play of the drive, we moved the ball down the field in a minute and 50 seconds. There were some positive points from tonight. 
as a Falcons fan, as a football fan, the Eagles played a good game. I give credit to the Eagles. I'm, I'm not even as upset about this game as the game in the playoffs last year, obviously because it's the playoffs, but like just in terms yeah. of the product on the field, the Eagles played a very respectable game tonight. Um, Doug Peterson, as much as I give him crap and don't like him, um, he made a few gutsy calls tonight and really put his team in a good chance to win despite playing a very, very, very bad football game. Matty G, yeah, plug yourself. I mean, that, I mean, he's turned into a really good coach. I mean, I, I tried to tell you he's a good coach. You didn't tell me. You told me he wasn't. But uh, he's a really good coach, and he's done. He's learned how to win. Like, he knows how to win games. Like, it's like, okay, we didn't play our best game. We've been sloppy. We played like shit all game, but we're going to figure out a way to win. We are going to win this game. And they figured a way to win, you know? So good, good start to the NFL season or bad? Well, I mean, you know, last year was electric. Even though I'm a Patriot fan, the way that those two teams put up points last year was exciting, fun. You saw like Kareem Hunt go crazy. There was like, you're like, oh my God, the Chiefs, maybe this is their year. So it was like a fun, high scoring game with big plays. This was more sloppy, a lot of penalties. But football is still football, and, like, to the core fans, it's amazing. It's awesome, and, you know, there'll be some really good games on Sunday, and there'll be some duds on Sunday. But uh, it's just like a, it's just a bad thing that this game was kind of a dud for the first game of the year because it's in the national spotlight. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. My only positive note is that um, Matt Bryant had nine points for me in my fantasy league, even though he missed that one extra point. And Jay Ajay um, put up 20 points for me for getting two touchdowns, two 64 touchdowns. yards, and a two-point conversion. You Ladies and gentlemen, um, my name's Cohen Hughes. You can find me on Instagram at Cohen underscore Hughes or on Facebook. Search Cohen Hughes. A very sad Cohen Hughes. Um, dejected. I'm not on Twitter yeah. because if I was on Twitter, I would have killed myself already. Twitter's so negative. I can't be on that. I was. I used to be one of the negative ones. So I um, hear you, brother. Maddie Goldberg, plug yourself. Cheer me up a little bit. Just go at Maddie Goldberg one on on Twitter. Maddie Goldberg on Instagram. Uh, we had some good conversations with people in the fantasy league tonight watching the games. Much love to you guys. And uh, I I feel for you, man. It was it was a tough loss. I feel for you, brother. Um. I'm sad and not angry. I'll get over it. Tomorrow's a new day. Next week's a new week. At least I get a lot of fantasy to watch this weekend. Um, signing off from a very sad Smyrna, Georgia right now. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the 16th episode running of the Daily Degenerate Podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TDDPod. Facebook, The Daily Degenerate. Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, all that extra stuff. Hope you guys enjoyed number 16.